there boys and girls, and welcome back to Storytime with me, Sammy. Today, we're going to do something a little different than usual. Because it's the weekend, we're going to read a really long story. I'm going to put it into videos, section by section, and then you'll be able to watch them all in a playlist. And today's story is... Jack and the Beanstalk. Shall we begin? Jack and the Beanstalk. Written by Joseph Jacobs, but edited by me, Sammy. Once upon a time, there was a poor widow who lived in a little cottage with her only son, Jack. Jack was a giddy, thoughtless boy, but very kind-hearted and very affectionate. There had been a hard winter, and after it, this poor woman had suffered from fever and illness. Jack did no work as yet, and very quickly they grew poor. The widow saw that there was no means of keeping Jack and herself from starvation unless they sold their cow. So one morning, she said to her son, I'm too weak to go by myself, Jack. You must take the cow to the market for me and sell her. Never mind, mother, said Jack. We must sell Milky White. Trust me to make a good bargain. And away he went to the market. For some time, he went along very sadly. But after a little while, he recovered his spirits. As he was leading the cow by the halter, he went whistling along until he met a butcher. Good morning, said the butcher. Good morning, sir, answered Jack. Where are you going? asked the butcher. I'm going to the market to sell this cow. It's lucky I met you then, said the butcher. You may save yourself the trouble of walking so far. With this, he put his hand in his pocket and pulled out five curious-looking beans. "'What do you call these?' said the butcher. "'Beans?' said Jack, rather perplexed. "'Yes,' said the butcher. "'Beans. But they're the most wonderful beans that were ever known. If you plant them overnight, by the next morning they'll grow up and reach the clouds. But, to save you the trouble of walking all the way to the market, I don't mind exchanging them for that cow of yours.' Done, cried Jack, who was so delighted with the bargain, he ran all the way home to tell his mother just how lucky he'd been. But oh, how disappointed the poor widow was when he brought them home to show his mother instead of the money she expected for her lovely cow. She was very angry and shed many tears, scolding Jack for being so silly. He was very sorry, and both mother and son went to bed very sadly that night. Their last hope seemed gone. At daybreak, Jack rose from his bed and went out into the garden. At least, he thought, I will sow the wonderful beans. Mother says they are just common scarlet runners, and nothing else. But I may as well sow them and see what happens. So he took a stick and made some holes in the ground ready to plant the beans. That day, they had very little for dinner and went very sadly to bed with almost empty stomachs. Knowing that the next day there would be no food left at all, Jack tossed and turned all night, unable to sleep due to the grief he had caused his mother. The guilt ate away at him until finally the sun was rising. He got up out of bed after not a wink of sleep and walked towards the garden, not knowing what to expect. In his amazement, he found the beans had indeed grown up overnight. They had climbed up and up until they covered the high cliff that sheltered the cottage and disappeared above the clouds. The stalks had twined and twisted themselves together until they had formed some sort of ladder. 
It would be easy to climb this, thought Jack, and having thought of the experiment, he at once resolved to carry the task out, for Jack was a brilliant climber. However, after his last mistake with the cow, he thought he had better tell his mother first. So, Jack called his mother, and they both stared at the beanstalk in silent wonder, for it was not only of great height, but definitely thick enough to bear Jack's weight. I wonder where it ends, said Jack to his mother. I think I should climb it and find out. His mother wished him not to climb this strange ladder, but Jack persuaded her to allow him to attempt it, for he was certain there must be something wonderful at the top of the beanstalk. So at last, she yielded to his wishes. Jack instantly began climbing the beanstalk and went up and up on the ladder-like stalk until everything he left behind him was visible the cottage, the village, and even the tall church tower. It all looked so small, and still he could not see the top of the beanstalk. Jack felt a little tired and thought for a moment he would have to go back down again, but he was a very persevering boy, and he knew that the only way to succeed in anything is not to give up. So after resting for a moment, he carried on climbing. After climbing higher and higher, till he grew afraid to look down for fear he may go woozy. Jack at last reached the top of the beanstalk and found himself in a beautiful country, finely wooded with beautiful meadows covered with sheep. A crystal clear stream ran through the pastures. Not far from the place where he had gotten off the beanstalk stood a fine, strong castle. Jack wondered very much. He had never heard of or seen this castle before. But when he reflected on the subject, he saw that it was very much separated from the village by the perpendicular rock on which it stood, as if it were in another land. But while Jack was looking at the castle, a very strange looking woman came out of the woods and walked towards him. She wore a pointed cap made of quilted red satin and lined with fur. Her hair flowed loosely down her shoulders, and she walked with a staff. Jack took off his cap and bowed to the woman. If you please, ma'am, said Jack, is this your house? No, said the elderly lady. Listen carefully, and I will tell you the story of that castle. Once upon a time, there was a noble knight who lived in this castle, which is on the borders of Fairyland. He had a fair and beloved wife, and very lovely children, and as his neighbours, the little people were very friendly to him, they bestowed upon him many excellent and precious gifts. Rumours whispered of their treasures, and a monstrous giant who lived not far away, who was a very wicked being, decided he would obtain the possessions for himself. So he bribed a false servant to let him into the castle when the knight was in bed and asleep. Unfortunately, the knight and his older children were never seen again after that night. Luckily for her, the lady was not harmed as she and her infant son, who was only two or three months old, had left the castle to visit her old nurse, who lived in the valley. She had been stuck there all night due to a storm. The next morning, as soon as it was light, one of the servants from the castle who had managed to escape came to tell the poor lady the sad fate of her husband and her pretty babes. She could hardly believe him at first, 
and was eager at once to go back and share the fate of her dear ones. The old nurse, with many tears, reminded her she still had an infant child, and it was her duty to preserve her life for the sake of the poor innocent babe. The lady yielded to this reasoning, and agreed to remain at her nurse's house, as it was the best place of hiding. For the servant told her that the giant had vowed, if he could find her, both her and her infant would suffer the same fate as the rest of her family. Years rolled on. The old nurse passed away from age, leaving her cottage and a few articles of furniture it contained to the poor lady who dwelt in it, working as a peasant for her daily bread. Her spinning wheel and the milk of her cow, which she had purchased with the little money she had with her, helped provide for her and her little son. There was a nice little garden attached to the cottage in which they cultivated peas and beans and cabbages, and the lady was not ashamed to go out at harvest time. She worked in the fields to supply for her little son's wants. Jack, that poor lady is your mother. This castle was once your father's, and it must once again be yours. Jack uttered a cry of surprise. My mother? Oh, madame, what should I do? My poor father, my dear mother! Your duty requires you to win it back for your mother, but the task is a very difficult one and full of peril, Jack. Have you got the courage to undertake it? I fear nothing when I am doing right, said Jack. Then, said the lady in the red cap, you are to slay the giants. You must get into the castle, and if possible, capture the hen that lays golden eggs, and a harp that talks. Remember, all the giant possesses is really yours. And she finished speaking suddenly. The lady in the red hat disappeared, and of course, Jack knew she must have been a fairy. Jack was determined at once to attempt the adventure, so he advanced and blew the horn which hung on the castle portal. The door was opened in a minute or two by a frightful giantess with one great eye in the middle of her forehead. As soon as Jack saw her, he turned to run away, but she caught him and dragged him into the castle. Ho, ho, she cried terribly. You didn't expect to see me here, that is clear. No, I shan't let you go again. I am bored with my life and I am so overworked. I don't see why I shouldn't have a servant just like the other ladies. And you shall be my boy. You shall clean the knives and shine the boots and make the fires and help me gently. But only when the giant is out. When he is at home, I must hide you. For he has eaten up all my prior servants. And you would be a dainty morsel, my little lad. While she spoke, she dragged Jack right into the castle. And the poor boy was very frightened, as I'm sure you and I would have been in his place. But he remembered that fear would not help him, so he struggled to be brave and tried to make the best of things. I am quite ready to help you, and do all I can to serve you, madam, he said. Only I beg you will be good enough to hide me from your husband, for I should not like to be eaten at all. That's a good boy, said the giantess, nodding her head. It is lucky for you you did not scream out when you saw me, as the other boys who I brought in here did. For if you had done so, my husband would have been awakened and he would have eaten you, as he did them for breakfast. Come here, child. 
Go into my wardrobe. He never ventures to open that. You shall be safe there. And she opened a huge wardrobe which stood in the great hall and shut Jack into it. But the keyhole was so large it allowed him plenty of air and he could see everything that took place through it. Soon he heard heavy footfalls on the stairs and like the lumbering along of a great cannon, a voice like thunder cried out, Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Let him be alive or let him be dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Wife, cried the giant, there is a man in the castle, let me have him for breakfast. You are grown old and stupid, cried the lady in her loud tones. It is only a nice fresh stick of an elephant that I have cooked for you which you smell. There, sit down and make a good breakfast. And she placed a huge dish in front of him, full of savoury steaming meat, which greatly pleased him and made him forget his idea of an Englishman being in the castle. When he had finished his breakfast, he went out for a walk, and then the giantess opened the door and made Jack come out to help her. He helped her all day, she fed him well, and when the evening came she put him back in the wardrobe. The giant came in to eat his supper, and Jack watched him through the keyhole, and was amazed to see him use a wolf's bone as a fork and put half a chicken at a time into his massive mouth. When supper had ended, he bade his wife to bring him his hen that laid the golden eggs. It lays as well as it did when it belonged to that paltry knight. Indeed, I think the eggs are heavier than ever. The giantess went away and soon returned with a beautiful brown hen, which she placed upon the table before her husband. And now, my dear, she said, I'm going for a walk if you don't want me any longer. Go, said the giant. I shall be glad to have a nap. He took up the brown hen and said to her, Lay, and she instantly laid a golden egg. Lay, repeated the giant again, and she laid another. Lay, he said for the third time, and again a golden egg laid upon the table. Now Jack was sure this hen was the one the fairy had spoken of. Soon the giant put the hen down on the floor, and not long after went fast asleep. He snored so loudly it sounded like thunder. Once Jack was sure that the giant was fast asleep, he pushed open the door of the wardrobe and crept out. Very softly he ran across the room and picked up the hen. He made haste to escape the castle. He knew the way to the kitchen, the door of which he found was left ajar. He opened it, shut it and locked it after him, flew back down the beanstalk and descended as fast as his feet would move. When his mother saw him enter the house, she wept for joy. She had feared that the fairies had carried him away or the giant had found him. But Jack put the brown hen down before her and told her how he had been in the giant's castle and all of his adventures. She was very glad to see the hen, which would make them rich once more. Jack made another journey up the beanstalk to the giant's castle one day while his mother had gone to the market. But first he dyed his hair and disguised himself. The giantess did not recognise him and dragged him in as she did once before to help her do the work. But she heard her husband coming and hid him in the wardrobe, 
Not thinking it was the same boy who had stolen the hen, she bade him to stay quite still there, or the giant would eat him. Then the giant came in saying, Fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Let him be alive or let him be dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Nonsense, said the wife. It is only a roasted bull that I thought would be a tasty meal for your supper. Sit down and I will bring it to you at once. The giant sat down and soon enough his wife brought up a roasted bull on a large dish and they began their supper. Jack was amazed to see them pick the bones of the bull as if it had been a chicken. As soon as they finished their meal, the giantess rose and said, Now, my dear, I am going up to my room to finish the story I am reading. If you want me, call for me. First, answered the giant, bring me my money bags, so that I may count my golden pieces before I go to sleep. The giantess obeyed. She went and soon returned with two large bags over her shoulders, which she put down by her husband. There, she said. That is all that is left of the knight's money. When you have spent it, you must go and take another baron's castle. Not if I can help it, thought Jack. The giant, when his wife was gone, took out heaps and heaps of golden pieces and counted them. He put them in piles until he was tired of the amusement. Then he swept them all back into their bags, leaned back in his chair and fell fast asleep snoring so loud that no other sound was audible. Jack stole softly out of the wardrobe and taking up the bags of money, which were truly his own because the giant had stolen them from his father, he ran off and with great difficulty descended the beanstalk. He laid the bags of gold on his mother's table and said, There, mother, I have brought you the gold that my father lost. Oh, Jack, cried his mother, you are a very good boy, but I wish you would not risk your precious life in the giant's castle. Tell me, why did you decide to go there again? And Jack told her all about it. Jack's mother was very glad to get the money, but she did not want him to run any more risks for her. But after a while, Jack made up his mind to go back to the castle again. He climbed the beanstalk once more, blew the horn at the giant's gate, the giantess soon opened the door, but she was also so very stupid, she did not recognise him once again. But she stopped a minute before she took him in, for she feared another robbery. But Jack's fresh face looked so innocent, she could not resist him, and so she invited him in again, and hid him away in the wardrobe. Soon enough, the giant came home, and as soon as he had crossed the threshold, he roared out, Fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be him alive or let him be dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. You stupid old giant, said his wife, you only smell a nice sheep which I have grilled you for dinner. And the giant sat down and his wife brought up a whole sheep for his dinner. When he had eaten it all up, he said, now, bring me my harp and I will have a little music while you take your walk. The giantess obeyed and returned with a beautiful harp. The framework was all sparkling with diamonds and rubies, and the strings were all made of gold. This is one of the nicest things I took from the knight, 
said the giant. I am very fond of music, and my harp is a faithful servant. So he drew the harp towards him and said, Play! And the harp played a very soft, sad song. Play something merrier, said the giant, and the harp played a merry tune. Now, play me a lullaby, roared the giant, and the harp played a sweet lullaby, to the sound of which its master fell fast asleep. Then, Jack creeped softly out of the wardrobe, went into the huge kitchen to see if the giantess had gone out. He found no one there, so he went to the door, opened it softly, for he thought he could not do so with the harp in his hand. Then he entered the giant's room and seized the harp and ran away with it. But as he jumped over the threshold, the harp called out, Master! Master! And the giant woke up. With a tremendous roar, he sprang from his seat, and in two strides he had reached the door. But Jack was very nimble. He fled like lightning with the harp, talking to it as he went, for he saw it was a fairy and he was telling it that he was the son of its old master, the knight. Still, the giant came on so fast that he was quite close to poor Jack, and stretched out his great hand to catch him. But luckily, at that very moment, the giant stepped upon a loose stone, stumbled and fell flat on the ground, where he lay at his full length. This accident gave Jack time to get on the beanstalk and hasten down it, but just as he reached their own garden, he beheld the giant descending after him, Mother! Mother! cried Jack. Quickly, hand me the axe! His mother ran to him with an axe in her hand, and Jack, with one tremendous blow, cut through all of the stems except one. Now, mother, stand back! he said. Jack's mother ran back, and it was well so she did, for the giant took hold of the last branch of the beanstalk. Jack cut down the last stem and darted back from the spot. Down came the giant with a terrible crash! hitting the ground very hard as he had fallen from above the clouds. Before Jack and his mother had recovered from their alarm and fear, a beautiful lady stood before him. Jack, she said, you have acted like a brave knight's son, and you deserve to have your inheritance restored to you. Dig a grave, bury the giant, then go and kill the giantess. My goodness. But, said Jack, I could not kill anyone unless I were fighting with them, and I could never draw my sword upon a woman. Besides, the giantess was very kind to me. The fairy smiled at Jack. I am very much pleased with your generosity, she said. Nevertheless, return to the castle and act as you must. Jack asked the fairy if she would show him the way to the castle as the beanstalk was now down. She told him she would drive him there in her chariot, which was drawn by two peacocks. Jack thanked her and sat down in the chariot with her. The fairy drove him a long distance around until they reached the village which lay at the bottom of a hill. Here they found a number of miserable looking men assembled. The fairy stopped her carriage and addressed them. My friends, she said, the cruel giant who oppressed you and ate up all your flocks and herds is no more. And this young gentleman is the one who saved you all. He is the son of your kind old master, the knight. The men gave a loud cheer at these words, and pressed forward to say that they would serve Jack as faithfully as they had served his father. The fairy asked them to follow her to the castle, and they marched forward. When they arrived, Jack blew the horn and demanded admittance. The old giantess saw them coming from the window. 
She was very much frightened, for she guessed that something must have happened to her husband. She ran for her life out of the castle's back entrance, never to be seen or heard from again. Thus, Jack took possession of the castle. The fairy went and brought his mother to him with the hen and the harp. He had the giant buried and did as much as he could to right those who had been robbed by the giant. Before her departure for fairyland, the fairy explained to Jack that she had sent the butcher to meet him to see what kind of lad he was. If you had looked at the giant beanstalk and only stupidly wondered about it, she said, I should have left you where misfortune had placed you, only returning your cow to your mother. However, you showed an inquiring mind and a great courage. Therefore, you deserve a better life. And when you mounted the beanstalk, you climbed the ladder of fortune. After saying her piece, the fairy left Jack and his mother to enjoy their new fortune, and they lived happily ever after. The end. Wow, boys and girls, wasn't Jack ever so strong and brave to go climbing up the beanstalk and defeating the giant? I don't think I could have been that brave. What about you? Well, if you enjoyed my new playlist, please remember to like, share, and subscribe so that you get another one next weekend. Bye guys!